Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Highly Functional. This is Brianne Showman, and I am joined today by the OCR trainer, Megan Beck. Megan has a big focus on technique and biomechanics when it comes to performing different obstacles in the OCR world because of her background. We had a great conversation around different things to look at, to think about, and to train when we are struggling with different obstacles. Whether you are a racer, a clinician, or a coach, I think you'll find the information Megan shares highly valuable. So let's tune in. All right, Megan, I am so excited to talk to you today. Um, With your background, you are amazing at what you do as far as breaking down everything into um, very smaller techniques, smaller pieces, basically. So that's why I really wanted to get you on because like anything, we see this big obstacle and we don't know what to do to get started to move our bodies on them half the time. And so this is where you are great because of your background. So let's just kind of talk about that first. Like how did you become the OCR trainer and get very technical with all this stuff? So I grew up in athletics. I was a gymnast from the time I was three, then transitioned into cheerleading, and I did that up through college. Um, But I had to actually quit cheerleading because I was an athletic training major. So in athletic training um, at my school, Minnesota State Mankato, we couldn't stay in athletics while we were athletic training majors because it was so intensive with our clinical hours and the time spent on fields. So I had to give up my cheerleading career for athletic training, and that's when I dove deeper into biomechanics and sports medicine. And then through there, I went on to grad school where I got my master's in injury prevention and performance enhancement. And it was, um, so I got my NASM performance enhancement specialist certification along with that, and a big part of performance enhancement is understanding biomechanics and breaking down how the body works to figure out where um, instability lies and to make sure that we can prevent those injuries from happening. So it's a lot of um, breaking down what the body is doing and understanding the movements of the body and how they correlate into the different sports that um, I was working with as an athletic trainer. Um, So I've had a lot of people ask me through the years, you know, why the OCR trainer in things like SGX and um, in, you know, the OCR world, we prefer being called coaches instead of trainers, because this word trainer can be kind of derogatory towards all personal trainers and anybody who feels like they can train somebody. Well, that came about because I'm not solely a personal trainer. Yes, I work as a personal trainer, but I'm actually an athletic trainer first and foremost. So I'm an athletic trainer. I have my Um, certified strength and conditioning coaching certification through um, uh, the NSCA. And then I have my other, all of my other certifications, my SGX, my PES, I have precision nutrition. I have a whole plethora of different um, sub certifications to correlate with the athletic training. Awesome. And I need to back up for just a second. I have no clue how old you are, but I'm curious. I went to undergrad Mankato. So when were you there? <laughs> no way. You yeah. did not. So, I did. Oh my gosh. It's such a small world. I had no idea. Um, yeah. yeah. So I was there in, I graduated in 2010. 
So I was there 2006 to 2010. Okay, you're just after me then. I graduated there in 03. <laughs> oh my gosh. You never meet anybody from Mankato. Right? That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I talk to people. I'm like, well, so in Boston, like David Backus went to Mankato. And like, I'm a huge Bruins fan. And then like, I was athletic trainer for Adam Thielen when yep. Mankato. I'm like, so those are the people that I like name drop because nobody ever knows where Mankato is. I know. And I found out Thielen was there in the NFL. I was like, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. She's like the most down to earth guy you'd ever meet. That's awesome. Yeah. That's such a crazy <laughs> world. <laughs> that's awesome. All right. Anyway. <laughs> well, Mankato is amazing. So it is, it definitely is. I, I definitely enjoyed it there. Um, I loved how it's like small townish feel, but like, but not necessarily. Yeah. It's like a small town, but the school's actually kind of big. Yeah. Yeah. It's really grown since I've been there, too, I know. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I haven't been back since 2010, but I still have friends there. And it, it just keeps getting bigger. Yeah, definitely. That's cool. Oh, uh, Let's see. So let's kind of dive in. <laughs> back on track. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's just going to, like, stay in my mind. Like, how do we find other people from Mankato? Right? <laughs> <laughs> so random. Yeah. Um. So as far as when it comes to obstacles, let's start where most people have, like just don't have the ability to train on for the most part, all the overhead hanging stuff. So we're talking the multi-rig, any yeah. of the bars, um, let's dive into those more than anything. Cause I think that's where most people have the least access to those things. So especially the rings, like trying to train the rings cause it's dynamic, but we, so we have to swing, we have to stabilize. There's a lot of stuff going on. How do we learn how to hold ourselves there, how to transition and all that? So when I start teaching anybody how to um, work anything like a monkey bars, a multi-rig, anything with rings, bars, hanging, anything, obviously we all like to gravitate towards the dead hang. Um, the dead hang is just being able to hold your body weight up. If you can't physically hold your body weight, then you're not going to be able to make it across. So that is always going to be step one. I am a firm believer that you don't need to go for a dead hang for, you know, two, three, four, five minutes at a time. Um, you're never going to just sit and hang on a bar. <laughs> Once you know how to stabilize your body, stop it from swinging and just hold the weight up. Then you can build your strength up. So with anything like rings, monkey bars, there are two predominant techniques um, that we will see when going through these and it's either going to be swinging through or it's going to be holding your biceps. You know, people talk about holding the L's, whatever else. Um, so I like, I always recommend people train it both ways. So first start with your dead hang. And once you have the dead hang, regardless of if you plan to use your bicep hold or not, I always say, start building up a bicep hold, whether it's pull out a resistance band to toss over, your um, your pull-up bar, whatever else, you know, put a leg in it or go onto an assisted pull-up machine, get onto a TRX, start training that bicep hold in that variety. Make sure that you can hold a, a percentage of your weight up and try to build up a little bit more time under tension that way. And then while you have the time under tension, it's going to build up your strength in your back. It's going to build up the strength in your biceps. Um, then from there also, I like to 
teach people on how to build up their shoulder mobility because swinging is going to be more in terms of the shoulder mobility and that's where we see the difference between men and women. Women biologically have uh, are more disposed to greater mobility where men have a predisposition for more strength. So men like to hold the bicep holds more than women who will swing through. Um, so one thing I really love for that is like an arm bar um, with a kettlebell holding the um, you lay on, on your side with the kettlebell out um, directly overhead with your arm at your side and then your um, rotator cuff has to stabilize in the joint with that weight. I have a video of this actually on my YouTube probably have to dig through it a little bit before <laughs> that. Um, but it's a great exercise and it builds up your shoulder mobility and stability to teach you to be able to hold weight while you swing. Um, and then from there, hanging onto your pull-up bar and slowly learning how to swing forward and back through that. Um, you can do the same with rings. I bought cheap rings off of Amazon that I'll just throw over a pull-up bar and I will start with, you know, dead hang there, I'll get my bicep hold there, um, and then I'll swing forward and back with it, and then I'll also use it to transition from one ring to the next and back. Um, so I have a few other videos of that as well. Um, it's always a good idea to invest in rings because they are cheap and you can take them anywhere with you. Um, the only difference you're gonna see between a monkey bar and the rings is going to be the level of stability because any bars are going to be very stable, um, no matter how you hold on to them. It's all about you stabilizing yourself, where once you get onto the rings, those are unstable. So you have to learn how to stabilize yourself, but also stabilize the rings, which is going to incorporate a little bit more grip strength than the monkey bars. How do you start to, when we're talking about working that transition, not necessarily learning how to like get off of one hand and get onto the other, but just that swing in general and learning that body control. What are some ways that you teach people to just learn how to control that body and control that swing? So I will actually have, I will program specifically into workouts where if we're doing pull-ups, okay, you're going to pull up, come back down and then stop yourself. You hold a dead hang at the bottom and then pull up again. Um, if I program something like, um, I love, hanging scap retractions. So, you know, obviously teach them how to retract their scapulas in a standing position first, and then have them dead hang. Once they have the dead hang, just work the scapular retractions from that hang so they can come in and out. And it's going to mimic a lot of like um, the kipping kinds of motions you'll do in, you know, all of the kipping pull-ups and everything else. So then, from there, I may program a little bit more of the kipping pull-ups, but then when they come down from it, okay, now stop yourself. And in order to stop yourself, you have to squeeze your feet together, squeeze your ankles, squeeze your glutes, abs. You have to learn how to engage your entire body in one unit um, as opposed to just trying to stop your feet or, you know, okay, just squeeze the abs. It's all about coming together in one unit, and that's where I prefer – assisted pull-ups or any kind of assistance through like a band as opposed to an assisted pull-up machine. Um, I want to train my athletes from an early point that 
your body is one unit and you have to learn how to stabilize that singular unit as opposed to having an external resistance that helps you stabilize, which that platform on an assisted pull-up machine does. So bands are always the way to go for me. Awesome. Let's dive into, I know you've been putting out a lot of videos on it recently, getting on the platform on the vertical cargo. <laughs> yes, I have had a lot of people asking me about this, um, probably since Palmerton, where I first um, recorded the flipping motion. And it's funny because the new director of fitness was standing there trying to coach people on how to flip as I like walked up and had my friend like video it. And like everybody just stopped and like, oh, that, that. <laughs> So um, it's a lot harder than it looks. It is the most energy efficient way to get up, but a lot of people are slightly intimidated by it. Yes, the platform does get really slippery. There aren't a lot of places to hold on. So you'll actually notice in some of my videos, I'll either try to put my palms on, but then I find myself trying to pinch. I'm a gymnast by trade, so I try to grip and pinch as much as I can. But if you can get your palms on top, you can engage your biceps a little bit more to help you get up and over. It's just really slick and you could wind up falling off. Um, one concern slash complaint I've heard from people is, oh, it's so dangerous. You're going to fall on your head. Um, it is. It can be dangerous, but what a lot of people don't realize, um, you're not, your body's not going to allow you to go inverted unless it's comfortable going inverted. Um, same with any kind of body weight exercises. If you tell somebody, okay, we're going to do a body weight squat, they're going to go through the range of motion that they're comfortable in. Um, as a physical therapist, you know, working with um, any clients, patients, when they're working through an injury or whatever else, if they feel that pain, their body's not going to let them push through that pain. Mm -hmm. Same thing with fear. If you're afraid to go over or inverted, your body's not going to let you. Um, always have a spotter with it. Um, but then you do need to slowly build up to that flip. And that's where I came up with my progressions for it. So just mastering a toes to bar, because um, being able to first engage your lower body enough to kick your feet over your head um, is the first place you start, you're not going to be able to fully kick over if you can't get your feet up. Um, and in that toes to bar, you can start getting a little more scapular motion to then pull yourself up a little bit more with it. Um, and then skin the cat, which is awesome for your shoulder mobility as well. But it does teach you to push your limits on how much you allow yourself to go inverted. And it gives you complete control of your body. So then from there, you can start kicking over. But again, always using a spotter when you're first doing it, um, just to make sure that you are staying as safe as you can be. Um, but for the people who are intimidated by the kickover, you can do the other two methods that I showed. So um, putting your, um, your elbows and your palms on a table and just kicking side to side and kicking your leg up has been probably the most energy wasting um, technique I've found. But that um, is the simplest way as long as you can get your elbows on the platform, you can get enough momentum to swing up and kick over. Um, otherwise, you know, the typical hurdles route, jump, hands on top, and uh, muscle it up. Um, but that's still going to require a lot of energy as well. 
that was my method the first time I encountered it. <laughs> my method only because I'm coming in um, for the most part just running off of it and I'm not going to take the time to stop, turn around and kick over. Um, I did do the kickover method on the Irish table in West Virginia. Um, I had suffered an ankle injury at um, Norams in Stratton in the beginning of August, and um, I hadn't ran to that distance since my ankle injury. So about mile four, my ankle was like, ha ha, you think you're ready for that? Um, so I hobbled the entire 14 mile course. And I got to the Irish table and it was probably the first time I had actually seen an, a true Irish table in a Spartan. And I went into it. I'm like, there's no way I can run up to this right now. My ankle's in too much pain. So I just flipped over it. No problem. Um, and then adrenaline kicked in as I came off the rig, um, coming to the fire at the finish line that we got to the inverted cargo. Everybody was watching. I heard a friend being like, yeah, go Megan. I just ran, jumped up got over it and then hobbled across. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All good. Oh, I was just going to say, I love just one to just play around with them because they're fun, but two, just to work on that body control. I love doing skin the cats. Like I'll just kind of waste time playing around some days doing gymnastics stuff and just yeah. flip over. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, I, I know that I, a lot of people know this about me already, but I work at an Equinox. Um, so I don't necessarily work at an obstacle course gym. I, um, I don't have access to rope climbs and all this stuff. We do, we are lucky enough to have a Queenex functional trainer, which does have monkey bars. They're not the best monkey bars, um, but they do have those. Um, up until we got those, my obstacle training was strictly done on pull-up bars. And I would do, you know, skin the cats and everything else just to train my shoulders and to train my total control for obstacles because I didn't have access to any obstacles to train on. That's awesome. Any tips for things like um, bender, inverted wall, as far as getting over that angle? Yeah. So I actually had an inverted wall um, series before I did the um, Irish table vertical cargo series. Um, and for inverted wall and I guess for the bender once you get onto it it's um one technique I like to train people on are is a counterbalanced squat so holding on to you know a pole or something else where you can sit back get a serious squat and then using that support to help push you up and as you uh, explode out of your squat go into a um, calf raise and that helps you get up to the next one um, but then it's also going to be an inverted row to help pull you up so one of my clients actually I was running with her in West Virginia she's never beaten the inverted wall before she's never even managed to get up to the top so I was running with her for the first time that we ran together and I was um, walking her through it um, and I'll ask her for that video to post on my um, Instagram actually, but I was coaching her through it and um, she wasn't able to get over the top out of a fear confidence thing. She had also ran all three races. <laughs> she was exhausted, um, but she managed to get both hands onto the top and was probably two inches away from being able to climb over, but she was able to get onto the top step 
and it was just from mastering the um, counterbalance squat and then using that power to push up. As you push yourself up, you have to trust yourself enough to pick one leg up to move up to the next one. Um, your body has to work together in one unit. Um, but the other big part with something like a bender that a lot of people struggle with is physically getting onto that first bar. So I instruct my clients to find like a pull-up bar or a monkey bar or something in a park where, you know, maybe they can reach it, maybe they can't, but get a good jump and a swing through. And then as they use the momentum to swing, try to get one leg up similar to what I was saying with the lateral momentum in um, the Irish table. So if you can at least hook one leg over, then you can then pull the other leg up and kind of bear hug mm -hmm. or that way. And you can slowly pull yourself up and over onto the leg. And then it's just a counterbalance get up to the top and back to the other side. That makes sense. And as you were talking, I remembered the question I was, or what I was going to say before. Um, Indian table, cargo nets, um, those are multiple, multiple attempt obstacles. So it's not like if you fail the first time you attempt to flip over or try to muscle it up, whatever your technique, it's not like you have to just stop right there and do burpees. Like you can't attempt again. Correct. Yeah. So when I actually tried the flip for the first time on the women's side, I got it. Um, then I was thinking, I'm like, you know what? I'm one of those people. I like to try the men's everything just to see if I can. Um, it's also kind of empowering being like that five foot two girl walking up to a <laughs> high platform while all the guys are like, oh, I can't get it. And I'd be like, okay, well, here we go. So I, <laughs> I like attempted to jump and my friend has it on video and I'm like, yeah, this is not happening. So I stand under it. I put my hands up and it takes me three kicks to get enough momentum to get up to the top. But then I kick up onto it and I'm sitting there and everybody's like cheering. I'm like, oh, whatever. <laughs> But yeah, feel free to take as many attempts as you need to, um, especially if you are attempting something like that kick or the flip over. Um, you need a lot of momentum and power to get onto it, and your body may not know exactly how much it needs. So it could take a couple tries to get enough energy to get up to the top. Awesome. Any other kind of more difficult obstacles that you that you work technique a lot or answer questions a lot from people that you think would be good to talk about? I mean, I get a lot of questions about, you know, obviously everybody talk, asks about like rope climbs. If you can't get the rope climb, what do we do? Um, and I know that's a big one for you. So, you know, rope climbs is all about mastering the foot technique. Um, I just throw a battle rope over a pull-up bar, hang and practice my hooks. And mm -hmm. it's been successful for my clients. Um, but then I hear a lot about things like a twister and how to do the twister. Um, and that's another one where I stress, you know, two to three techniques for that. You're going to, there are females, it's predominantly okay. You're going to travel si sideways. Um, one big tip with twister is make sure you check to find out which way the twister is spinning. I, the woman in front of me, because obviously short person status, I had to wait for the step. <laughs> and the person in front of me was wanted to face the right, but the twister was spinning left to right. 
So, um, or no, she wanted to face left and it was spinning left to right. So if she would have, or she did try it this way. So she had to pull it from in front of her and then back behind okay. as on back. And it's a lot harder to stabilize as you're coming from front to back as opposed to back to front. Because back to front, your chest and your, your pecs are gonna kind of lock in and they're so used to that forward rounding anyways that they're much more stable coming back to front. Um, and she wound up um, falling off shortly into it. And I tried to mention like, hey, try the other direction because it's more advantageous if you go with it as opposed to against it. Um, and supposedly a couple of the ones in West Virginia actually switched directions partway through. So people had to either recognize that and spin around or else they were still fighting it. Um, so if you're going sideways, always make sure that you're traveling with the spinning part of the twister. So practice traveling facing both left and right so you can identify which way you're going to travel. If you're going backwards, it's going to obviously be a lot of bicep hold. The second you fall out of the bicep hold, it becomes a lot more difficult to hold yourself up and travel backwards. So if you can't hold the bicep hold the entire time, then you're going to need to most likely switch to a sideways. Um, and then there is the traveling forward um, monkey style, but your hands are facing um, inward, so a parallel grip, which becomes a lot more difficult for people. So as long as you have the shoulder mobility for it, you'll be able to get through it. Um, but just watch and read the twister because if the twister is on an uphill, it becomes a lot more difficult to maintain that swing, especially if you have a lack of shoulder mobility. Awesome. Thank you for those tips. Good deal. Um, just to kind of close it out, we know we can find you on YouTube. Where else can you be found? So I am on Facebook as the OCR trainer. Um, YouTube is obviously my big one with all my videos. I am currently searching for an obstacle to start a training series on. So if anybody is looking for help with any obstacles, I do try to tailor my videos to what the community needs. So let me know what obstacles you want to learn more tips from, and I can definitely produce those. Um, and then I also have my website, theocrtrainer.com, primarily for my blog. I try to again, tailor things towards what's going on in the community, but also based on my personal experiences. So whether it's, you know, rolling my ankle and how can the community learn from my experiences in this. Um, I do try to write blogs relatively often based on what's going on in the community. Um, so yeah, those are my big avenues. I do do a lot of work with Spartan. Um, so you'll probably see me all over Spartan and OCR groups on Facebook. Um, but yeah, um, I'm also, so Facebook, Instagram is another big one for me. Um, and then my website. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time again. I super appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for having me. And that concludes this week's episode of Highly Functional. If you enjoyed it and found the information helpful, I invite you to head over to Facebook and join my group, Obstacle Course Racing Athlete Health and Performance, where you can both join your OCR tribe, as well as find very helpful, useful information on how to become a more dominant racer, a more resilient racer, and truly race at your peak performance. And until next time, 
Let's go out and be highly functional. <laughs>